Welcome back to Springs of Life Camp, and thank you for joining us from Hotel Hill in Patrick Springs, Virginia. In this episode, we're joined by Fred Stromberg, who currently serves as pastor at Azalea Community Church in Azalea, Oregon. So far, throughout their journey in vocational missions, Fred and his wife Cindy have served as missionaries in Honduras, church planners in the western United States, youth and family ministers on the East Coast, and presently serve in their role in Oregon through their relationship with Village Missions. Village Missions exists to glorify Jesus Christ by developing spiritually vital country churches in rural North America by placing pastors in small town and rural churches that might otherwise have to close. In doing so, Fred and his ministry partners have had a hand in preserving the gospel presence in over 220 communities across the United States and Canada. Listen in as we spend time with Fred to explore his role in ministry to families in rural churches while equipping and mobilizing leaders in those churches to saturate their communities with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it's really healthy for a church to think about itself as a missionary organization, right? And those kinds of thoughts will lead you to that kind of an analysis of like, we're a missionary, what is our community like? How can we uh, organize ourselves in such a way to reach this community? And, and, and it's valuable as far as it goes, but then there's some other aspects of theology, some ecclesiology that, that we are the body of Christ and it is not our common demographic that unites us, but Jesus himself. Bringing the value that, that we all have as the body of Christ into this. So trying to bring the, the, the theology of missions, which kind of drives that other part with, with uh, the theology of the church, that, that we are the body of Christ and, and we're called to minister to one another as we are and not constantly be focusing on uh, this this uh, ethereal person who's not in the room with us, so to speak. Just uh, don't let go of the mission part, but just maybe take don't take yourself so seriously and realize that that these these people these these people in the room are worth ministering to. Minister to the people that are in the room. You know, um, these are the people who are committed. These are the people who are going to sign up to to do the nursery. These are the people that are going to bring the the thirteen by nines to the potluck. If you, if, you can't, if you can't grow those people, don't try to grow the people who aren't in the room with you. you know, grow those people and, and, uh, and love on those people and you'll create an environment that will be, that will be worth coming to for all these other imaginary, you know, these, these people that you, you think maybe one day are going to come through your door. So. so let's talk a little bit about that. Like with your experience in ministry, and I mean, you're serving rural churches and have served rural churches or with alongside rural churches. Talk a little bit about the difference between that culture and say, I don't know, like the, you hear the phrase mega churches thrown out there a lot. First, I think it's important to say that both have a real role to play in, in what God is doing. And that, that it, it should, the conversation I don't think should ever be uh, one over against the other. The, one one challenge that it seems obvious with the bigger church is that they they uh, sometimes people will go to a bigger church because it allows them a certain amount of anonymity. They they don't get noticed, and that's kind of the point. Uh, they don't want to be noticed, but that leaves out a lot of what the New Testament describes for 
a church relationship is that you're supposed to be known. You're, 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 you need to love other people and be loved by other people, not just be taught by uh, a gifted person. Uh, so a lot of the benefit that God has designed for his people comes through the, the, the other believers, uh, non-professionals, so to speak. And, and so a challenge that a bigger church has is to figure out how they can get smaller. So that's it's nothing new there. That's that's uh, the small group idea. So before that, Sunday school, all of it was designed to try and create a, a world where where people can love each other, know each other, understand each other, and uh, work through life together. In a small church, uh, it's been talked about that, especially in smaller communities, some of those ideas are not as readily applicable because in a small community everybody knows everybody and a lot of times any any business that you have is out on the street before before uh you 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 come home from the event you know it's like everybody the the news has already traveled faster than your car did getting back to your house after it happened and and so when you think about some of these ideas of like intimate sharing in a small group for one thing, small churches are just small. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, I know, I've known people that have a small group that meets at their house that is the size of a lot of churches. So, so uh, they already have intimate, and, and the, it's actually the intimacy that has to be managed more so. It's like in a bigger church, it's sort of this, how do we create intimacy? And then in a smaller church, it's, it's almost like you're managing the intimacy and uh, because it is, it's just people, uh, people know you. Um, I, I really appreciate a book by Rural Home Missions. Um, it's called Maximize the Strengths of Your Small Church. And so some of the ideas that I'm sharing are that really flow from that book. Uh, a great book. Um, and it, it, it's talking about that, that very thing that small churches, when someone's missing you think specifically of the reasons why you're wondering whether it's their back that's hurting or whether it's it's the due to the fact that their spouse is uh, struggling maybe they fell uh, and they're they're dealing with the fallout from that uh, of, of that that problem and uh, whereas like in a bigger church evaluating wow I wonder where everyone is we're missing some of our people this morning just kind of this generalized absences, so to speak, as where in a smaller church, it's this particular person with this particular issue. And, and it's just, again, knowledge is, uh, you have a greater knowledge of what's happening with people. And and, and again, it's, it's something to be managed. It's, it's um, it sometimes it's really, it's really great. Sometimes people are actually afraid that, that, that their problems are going to become prayer requests because most people's do. It, it's, uh, it's, it's very natural. It, it, it kind of it has the strengths that uh, larger churches wish they had. We're very relational because that's, that's what we have. And what we don't have is slick. There's a, a challenge, a challenge I think for a lot of guys in, in, a, in a rural ministry, especially if they... Because because preparation kind of orients you towards addressing issues with programs. 
which is, there's nothing wrong with it. There's some really great programs. Bigger churches can put on, like, put on conferences and things and that smaller churches would really struggle to do. So there's, again, there's like a real role for that. And, and they can do things that are significant, quality, education, Christian ed and stuff, you know. The smaller church is, you're not going to have four or five people on your nursery team. You're, you're just hoping for two. I mean, you're hoping for two, and and uh, you're you're not you're not going to have a big rotation in your uh, music ministry. Nor are you going to be able to. You know, some of the conversations are going to be completely alien. Uh, how how can we be cool? It's like, well, that's a ridiculous point. Um, we're not cool, you know, and you, you don't have very much hope of being cool. If, Fifty-year-olds uh, are not meant to wear skinny jeans, so it's it's okay. We ought to accept that. And but that can be disheartening if you come into ministry and you think that you're supposed to have these really uh, be able to put together a really attractive brochure and uh, constantly staff it. But what what you have is um, it shouldn't be thought of as not valuable. In fact, it's, it's really valuable, especially when you think of like what's happening in people's lives. People are becoming more and more isolated. They want to be known. They want, they want people to, uh, that, that, that they, they can walk up to and ask questions and get real answers and, and, uh, people that are going to ask them questions and, um, and know them well enough to know whether they're doing well or whether they're not doing well. You know, they don't really want to be just a just a, a car in the parking lot. They they want to be who they are, and um, so I think a small church really, if if it's done right, if a small church is just kind of recognizes we're folksy, um, our announcements are not slick. This is the kind of cool that we have. You know, we're not slick. We don't have big big anything, but quality. That's the other challenge I think small churches have is. Um, that that uh, sometimes uh, due to the nature of uh, just it's difficult to be a pastor in, in rural America. Many guys are bivocational. Part of the, 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 the same sickness is this idea that you have to have all these different ministries going on. It leads to guys getting burnt out and guys bivocational. And that means that their time's divided. They're not going to be able to put the energy into all the different stuff. And, um, and that kind of, that, that shouldn't be the case. No, there shouldn't be any kind of ministry that should be uh, uh, sloppy. We should, we should do a good job at what we're doing, do the best we possibly can. That, that's a value I think that the bigger churches have. They, they're they're more, than, more than happy to throw money and energy at, at, at you know, trying to find the right staff person to handle things. And, um, and I think the small church and the effort of like trying to be the big church, but without the resources, tries to think that they can do it somehow without the resources. And um, it ends up being uh, more like a failure than a success sometimes. So. so what I'm hearing there is regardless of which, you know, which group you may or may not be a part of, as long as you're intentional with what you are and just own it. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I came, I, my, most of my ministry has been in Honduras. And when I came back to the States after serving there in Honduras and was entering into a church planting 
role in Utah, a lot of the questions I was getting related to, are you a support pastor? Are you a music pastor? Are you uh, a lead pastor? And questions I had never really even thought of before. I just always thought of pastoral ministry as a general purpose, general practitioner kind of role. And I was surprised that that everything had become a niche. Every, everything had, you know, in the same way that the medical industry is, well, if you have a skin problem, you got to go to a dermatologist. If you have a... Uh, a urology issue, you have to go to urology. It seems like gone are the days, like the, the role of the general practitioner is simply to, to feed people into these other specialties. Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that as altogether healthy. It seems like we're uh, chasing something that, that, uh, that, that's sort of a big church mentality as well. Like, because they can, they do. And Maybe it has benefits, but I think that I think that uh, I, I'm a general practitioner, so I, I I want I want more general practitioners. I guess is probably the best way to say it. I'm I'm all for the 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 pastor that that that, that cries with you, um, preaches, does the Bible study, drives you to the the dialysis appointment, um, goes hunting with you, somebody that you know, rather than than uh, somebody that has an entourage and, and, and uh, several assistants. And you're, you're a person, you're a known quantity uh, that, whose love and appreciation you, you feel um, and, and you're vulnerable and because, because you're known. You know? So people want to be known. People want to be known and, uh, and they want to, they they want to know you as well. That's that's the trickier part. Is that is is not only that, but they want to know you. They they, they it needs to. Uh, I think of that um, Romans chapter one. Uh, For I long to see you that we might I might impart some spiritual gift to you. That that is that we might benefit from one another's gift. I'm paraphrasing, but that that gist of what Paul's saying um, that that it's a two way street. And um, that's that, that. That's probably the more difficult part. I think as pastors, we're used to be still and listen, and uh, and we're not so good at being still and listening. Well, I think that echoes in kind of what you were saying at the beginning about the um, a better way that we can be equipped as leaders in in you know rural communities and stuff is to be able to have the tools to understand who those people are. To be able to communicate and kind of empathize with their mm -hmm. present situation and stuff. I think it's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. What resources, from your perspective as a as a, as a missionary who's mm -hmm. living the you know the pastor life, what resources, on from all sides of the perspective, what what resources do you see would help you in your present assignment as a pastor of the church that you don't have now? You know. I find it fascinating to, to learn about um, worlds, like you're thinking about people, like what church is like for a person who has post-traumatic stress disorder, which is very, very common. People who are have a lot of anxiety uh, because of, for different reasons. There's all kinds of varieties of reasons why people have that, but I see that as being really common. And I know that I don't really appreciate what it's like for 
somebody going through those kinds of things, like what church is like. I know that it can be pretty traumatic. I know people, they just can't even stay in the room. Uh, it's, it's just, and, and um, with that growing sector of thinking about how can we effectively minister to that group of people? What's it like to go to church? What are relationships like? What's comfortable? No one should stay that way. I think anybody that suffers from it wishes they didn't. But uh, what? But sometimes I think the obstacles are so great that it just kind of people don't get very far in overcoming it because it's just church is overwhelming, and so it gets left off because it's hard. And uh, that's something I, as a pastor I think about these days. Uh, so how to counsel people? Kind of the, the common thread is just that with the challenges that people face. As I think about like a camp and and uh, how uh, a camp could put together something that that I would be interested in as a pastor, it would relate to those kinds of things. This kind of is what we were talking before. Really got into the the, the podcast is just that that uh, what we do a lot of as pastors is prepare and lead worship services and then supervise potlucks and so many conferences are essentially religious services and potlucks and those things are i mean i i if i wouldn't do it if i didn't think it had real value as far as a conference goes as far as i think about going someplace that's going to feed and, and help me be a better pastor i i, I want something different than religious services and potlucks so Kind of niche ideas, I think, seem seem kind of better. Oh, I can think of like other things, like like understanding how to work with different personalities within people in your church. Everyone's different. Some people are detail oriented, and they react to different church situations totally different than someone like myself, who's not necessarily very detail oriented, very people focused and um, just understand I, I, I remember going through uh, a session on that I that that would be really I wish I wish somebody had brought this just issue up earlier you know things that I wish I would have known earlier and it seems like a good idea for that kind of a, a setting where someone comes in and makes you think about the different personalities within and how uh, these personalities deal with conflict how these personalities what they look like when they burn out. Um, real practical stuff, like, like yeah, like how, here's a topic, how not to burn out your volunteers. Like, that's a great one. Um, something that all pastors ought to think about and uh, how not to burn out themselves. And yeah, things, those are just some ideas like off the top of my head. I think those are great ideas and that's, that's great. I think every one of us has experienced that burnout in some way, shape or form. Um, a lot quicker than we perceived that we would. Yeah, do. we're not nearly as strong as we think we are. You know, mm -hmm. and that's that's a kind of a common thread as I talk to people in ministry. Is you're, you're you discover that. That's really really good. That's really really good, Fred. Thank you so much. And the Lord absolutely has confirmed some things for me in this conversation today, and I really appreciate you. It's time. been a lot of fun for me. Just to thank you, give me opportunity to talk about it. So that's really cool. Yeah. And well, I tell you, it's all right with you. Would you be willing to pray us out? Sure, absolutely. All right, we'll take it away for it. We're, we're very grateful, Lord, for just your presence in our life and the way that uh, you're working amongst your people. And we're thankful for for uh, this uh, the, the common 
just just as we as we spend time with one another, we gain wisdom and and uh, thank you, Lord. I just pray for those those folks that are out there that perhaps are struggling, um, discouraged with lack of results um, and uh, the challenges of ministry in general. I pray that you would. You would, as you have in my life, even even through the experiences of today, that you would bring encouragement from unforeseen places and and uh, to just keep us moving towards uh, just good biblical goals. Um, and I just pray for this this camp ministry and, and for Chris and his family, and just pray that that you would bless them and uh, and, and use them in 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 greater ways still. So we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us from Hotel Hill in Patrick Springs, Virginia. And special thanks to Fred Stromberg for visiting with us. Springs of Life Camps Outreach Ministries is made possible by monthly donations and from your purchase of Springs of Life Camps Creekside Coffee. Available online and from a Creekside Coffee Cup Bearer near you. Please check out our website for the latest news and information from Springs of Life Camp. Thank you for your dedication to helping us restore and revitalize the facility of Springs of Life Camp Bible Camping Ministries. For general questions or comments and interests or suggestions for webcast interviews, please contact us at outreach at springsoflifecamp.org.